last song, Minister to Your Soul, why don't you help me thank God for our choir, our praise team, musicians, media ministry, and thank God for being God. I don't know about you, but with all that has happened, and, and this week, um, I needed my soul to be restored. I don't think I'm by myself in that thing. But I'm so grateful that we serve a God who is our shepherd. And because he's our shepherd, we shall not want. And what really ministered to me as Lila was, was reading it is that um, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any, any evil. Big up for our violinists. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts. I didn't ask your permission to put you on the spot right there, so I, so I, won't, I won't put you all out like that. I just thank God for you. And truly, that, that God restores us. And God desires to restore our souls. I have to tell you that even as we approach the text for this morning, that, that, that this, this, this one is a timely assignment, but one, I have to admit, it's, it's one of difficulty. Um, if you've been with us in this journey louder than words, we've been in a series where we are striving to align our lives with the commands that God, uh, the expectations that God has for those who choose to be his people. That, that God has, Corey, for us uh, some guardrails to live by. Now, Dallin, you know that sometimes it becomes difficult to keep the standard, hold on, let me not say difficult, uh -uh. sometimes it feels impossible to be able to keep the standards that God has for his people. You're quiet right along there, so let me just ask the question. You find it hard to be a Christian sometimes? Uh oh, hold on. Uh, we didn't get to it yet, thou shalt not lie, but we're going to get there. Uh -uh. Uh, a little later. Um, well, let me ask some real people. In, in light of all that has happened, ha have you found at times that, that your Christian conviction and your flesh were, were kind of at war with each other and, and you were trying to figure out who was going to win? Yep. I'm on this side today. God bless you for your transparency. <laughs> but, 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 but we, so we go to God's word. And I tell you, this one is, is one that is timely, I believe, for, for each of us as we, we come under greater uh, lordship of, of Christ, as we, we come to hear from Christ. And Ronnie is one that if we're not careful, we'll, we'll just gloss over. That, that sixth commandment, the, the one that's found in the 20th chapter and the 13th verse of Exodus, that, that commandment, those, uh, th those words that are there that God is writing on tablets of stone before Moses that is still with us today. God's word, the significance of this particular word that God has for each of us to not only understand but to live by. Exodus, the 20th chapter. And right there at the 13th verse. You know your Bibles with you, they'll pull it up on the screen for you. Exodus 20 and 13. God's word says, very simply translated in English, you shall not murder. If you just look to somebody close to you and just tell them he's talking to you. But I want you to hear it again. You shall not 
murder. This is God's will for the people of God. This is God's standard for those of us who are believers in God, that God has a value for life. And God expects. Now, I need a little person even further. God demands, God requires that we value every life. You can get quiet if you want, but I'm going to preach it anyway. It's the truth. He's calling us to value every life. So would you bow your heads and pray with me as God not only challenges but grows us that we might do a better job at valuing lives made in the image of God. Father, we come before you humbly. We come before you gratefully. We thank you so much that no matter where we are in the season of our lives, that you are there. And when we commit our trust and faith to you, that even when valleys look dark, even when, when seasons are just very troubling, Father, we can have the assurance that you are with us. And when you are with us, we don't have to fear. We thank you for that. As you call us to go into deeper relationship with you, I humbly ask, Father, you, you know my heart. You, you know the struggles that, that I've seen. I humbly ask that you would, would restore our souls, that you would restore the soul of a nation, that you, Father, would draw our attention back to you, not against one another, but back to you, that you might receive glory and that your people here might glorify you as we hear from you that which you would say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, I want you to really see this text. Because uh, for those of you who are a life group teachers, uh, you, you know a little bit about uh, this text. You know much about this text. In fact, some of you, you you've heard of Moses' story, but, but I, I want to draw you in just a little bit more as we see Moses. This is Moses. Moses is on Mount Sinai. He's at a high place with God. He himself has journeyed to be in the presence of of God. Here is the setting. Moses had led the children of Israel under the direction of God, Bryce, you know this, to leave slavery, be rescued from slavery, and come to this sacred ground in the presence of God. I want to place this claim because it's important for us to get this, that as we are seeking to grow in relationship with God, it requires us, hear me well, saints of God, it requires that we do what is necessary to do the hard work to get and remain in the presence of God. What Moses does, Moses ascends a mountain. He ascends a high place. He, he does the labor, y'all. He does the work so that he can be in the presence of God. And when he's in the presence of God, when he is, he is there, just he and God, he is known by God and God knows him. He knows God and he's able to witness the work of God. I, 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 hope, I hope you get this. That Moses, when no one else wanted to go up the mountain, Moses was willing to go up. When no one else wanted to join him on the journey, Moses was committed to getting in the presence of God. 
I, I wonder how committed are we really to get in to God's presence? If we would have as, as much um, attention to, to God and, and his word that we, we have to, to other things that are happening in society, I, we would grow even further in our relationship with him. I, I want you to hear, hear my heart here that, that God is calling us to go higher. Anybody here willing to go higher? I mean, really, anybody here willing to do the work it takes to, to go higher in relationship with God? Moses illustrates what that looks like because he climbs the mountain to be higher with God. And now he's seeing God's, God's work. Not only does he see God's work, but, but he see God writing because God himself is inscribing on tablets of stone his expectations for his people to live by. God is doing this, and Moses is face to face. But I got to tell you something here. Moses was, was, was all right when, when he saw uh, the commandments that, that aligned his vertical relationship with God. When, when God told him that he should have no other God besides him, he, he was aligning that vertical relationship. When God told him not to carve any graven image or make any idols or bow down to those idols, he, he, was, he was aligned with it. When God said, don't take my name in vain, that, that's the third commandment if you're looking at it. He was aligned with it. When God said, you got to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Moses was, was good. He, he was walking in that line. And then God says to him um, that, that you, you are to honor your father and your mother. And he's, he's in line with it. But then God inscribes something that, that comes face to face with Moses that causes Moses to look at himself face to face. God says, you shall not murder. I know you might not see it right off, so I really want you to see this thing. Uh, because when Moses read this, Moses had to be reminded of his own journey with the Lord. When Moses read, you shall not murder there on this holy mountain, Mount Sinai, where he climbed up to be with the Lord. Uh, he reads now, as God writes, you shall not murder, bringing his mind back to his own life. Where in Exodus 2, Moses was guilty of this prohibition. Nah, we're going we're gonna to work for a moment, y'all. Because Moses has a rap sheet that says he's a murderer. Moses, who has been used by God, uh, was once a fugitive from justice. Let me tell you how it, it unfolded. Exodus chapter 2 says that Moses sees uh, an Egyptian who is beating a Hebrew. And Moses, get this, look at the premeditation if you really see the word of God. Exodus chapter 2, Moses looks this way and then Moses looks that way. And seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian. This is Moses. Mo Mo Moses... Uh, had premeditation in this. And he killed someone and tried to cover it up. That's literally in the text. Because the Bible says that, that he hid him in the sand. And now this Moses is in the presence of God and he sees God writes, you shall not murder. Moses is guilty of the prohibition. But we can give Moses credit because even though Moses is guilty, Moses is still seeking to be in the presence of God. I hope you don't miss this. 
that Moses has sin in his life. Moses is, is struggling. Moses has some history. Moses has a painful past. Moses has done some things that he's not proud of, and yet he doesn't allow his painful past to prohibit him from getting in the presence of God. Who am I talking to in here? That God is calling us to not allow anything to get in the way of us pursuing him, that we pursue him with all costs, even if no one else goes with us, we choose to go with him. God, God values life and God sets the value of life. And even before God instructs Moses in these Ten Commandments, this sixth one saying, you shall not murder God had already declared it in Genesis when he created man, and he said God made man in his own image. That God created man, male and female, he created them in his image. God set the significance of humanity. God said that we are the signature on the canvas of his creation. And when he looks at us, he sets how we're to negotiate with one another. Are you with me in this place? And so uh, we have now a God who says man is so valuable that after Noah's um, transition from the waters of judgment in Genesis 9 and 6, God says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. God made man. And don't misunderstand the text because the text is telling us that we shall not murder. We know that murder and killing are not synonymous. That there are times in which killing happens. I, I, I'm going to press this claim for a moment because there's some authorized times in which God has commanded the children of Israel to represent the banner of God against those who set themselves up as the enemies of God. And God instructed them as an army to represent him well. That's why we honor our veterans. We honor those who served uh, and, and sacrificed so much. Why? Because in their service, they serve to protect. They serve, they, they're trained to protect and serve. And in defense of our liberties and our freedoms, we thank God for them. But let me go ahead and press this a moment for you. Uh, American to American, we live in a murderous society. I know oftentimes we look at the lens across the pond and we look, we look to the east and we look to the south and we say that those are war-torn countries, that, that those, those are, 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 are violent countries. But the truth is, when they look at this country, can I tell the truth in there? I got the mic. I'm going to preach like it's my last sermon. Uh -uh. They see that our country... They see our country and come to the same conclusions. Why? Because we are a murderous people. And now, just in case you try to disconnect from Moses, I, let me press it just a little bit further so you can understand this. Because the FBI just sent out a report just this year that between January and June of this year, murders are up 15% more than they were last year in this country. Shannon, that's just the murders accounted for those who are born. We didn't even touch the unborn. 
But the word of God declares that from the unborn to the unknown, you shall not murder. To those who don't look like you, to those who look like you, you shall not murder. Oh, I see you now. I know how we get. You know, we, we, we check that off. Uh, well, well, God, uh, I got that one. You know, I, I never committed any homicide. I'm still here, so I didn't commit any suicide. I, I, I didn't have any abortion. Uh-uh. So, 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 so I got all this checked. But, but do you? Do you, saints of God? Because when God in flesh preached this same text, when Jesus, our Savior, preached this same text in Matthew chapter 5, check out how he preached this text as he looks at, as we look at God's word, Christ himself, God in flesh, says, you have heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders is liable of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother's political affiliation, with his brother's political ideology, with his brother's uh, political party, will be liable to judgment. You still looking at the word? And whoever insults his brother, social media massacres. Whoever insults his brother, keyboard killers. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable, you see it, of hell's fire. Now, let, let's, let's cut across the field for a moment. Are you guilty? Are we guilty? So this command is to us because God expects more from people who bear his name. How dare we come to God and receive his grace and receive his mercies and not extend his grace and his mercies? Y'all, the Bible is true that we are guilty before God. Uh, you know, Corey, they, they, don't, they don't say a lot of noise when I, when I when, you know, when we we preach like this. But that's okay because there are times in which we have to examine ourselves and allow the word of God to examine us. Saints of God, it's time for us to really become more godly. And look at, look at it, look at it. Because even though Moses is guilty, Moses is in the presence of God. I hope you see this, that, that even though Moses sees this, God allows Moses to be in his presence because Moses receives mercy from God, even though Moses is a murderer. Come here, saints of God, before you disconnect here, you ought to thank God that God loves us so much that even in our mess up, he allows us to come to him and receive his mercy. And I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy in my life. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm grateful that God hasn't given up on us. Because if God gives up on us, we are in a terrible place. We, we need mercy from God. We need mercy from God. 
Because Romans 3.21 says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. Why? Because we already established that we can't keep the law. We already established that we are guilty of breaking the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. Here it is. For there is no distinction. Somebody say no distinction. There is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet God keeps blessing us. He keeps waking us up. He keeps drawing us and inviting us into his presence. He keeps extending mercy. And, and may his mercy that he extends on you and I compel us to extend mercy to those we have trouble liking. Don't look at me like that. That's some folks you have trouble liking. Don't look at them. But God continues to give us new mercies, brand new mercies every day. And he calls us to do the same. Christ says that if you, if you have hate in your heart, if you judge your brother, if you're angry against your brother or your sister, you have committed murder. What he's doing is calling us to repentance. It's time out for saints warring against each other. He's calling us to repentance. It's time out for us uh, worshiping platforms instead of worshiping God. He's calling us to repentance. Will God be God over us? That we will come before him and be honest that when we stand before a holy God, it shows us just how unholy we are. Thou shall not. I got King James. You see that? It's just in the blood. It's just there. <laughs> Thou shall not murder. That's what he says. And so we need mercy, but we thank God for his guidance. Because you all, without guidance... No matter how well we think we know it, we go astray. Without, without guidance, we, we, we go in the gutter. Anybody like bowling? Any, anybody likes bowling? I got two people, three people. All right. Uh, any, anybody in your, mind, you, you, in your mind you bowl better than you really bowl? Anybody in your mind you bowl better than you bowl? Uh, but if, if you ever go there, if you ever want to make sure that you, you're going to hit the pins, you ever want to make sure you end up right, uh, they got some mechanism that they have on the side to keep you out of the gutter. They're called guardrails. Don't look at me like that because every now and then you just want to have some fun. And you want to just roll, roll the ball and you have these guardrails, the guardrails sign to keep you in line so that you might accomplish the goal. Come here. That's what God's word is. God's word are the guardrails for us to live life so that we don't end up in the gutter. Because if we do, we're in a terrible place. Let me read for you Romans 1, 28. And since they did not fit, they did not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, 
evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. Does it sound like any country you know? They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree, thou shalt not murder, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Yo, we, we don't want God to give up on us. So what do we do? We climb the mountain to get closer to God. We allow God's word to read our lives as we read God's word, and we align our lives with the word of God. All right, I, I got to hurry on now. So let me just run through this, and let me help you understand something. If your actions do not give life, then your actions are taking life. If your actions cause you to hate those who are struggling in sin, then that in itself is just as much sin. Mm. So what do we do? What do we do? We, we, we can't go back, but we can't go forward. What, what do we do? As we stand in the presence of God, under the authority of God, with the power of God, we can begin to speak life. Speak life. That, that you began to change the dialogue that you have on all platforms in which you communicate. That you let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may be grace to those who hear. Speak life. One, one conversation at a time. And next time you find yourself entangled in a conversation that you know does not honor God and does not uh, uh, give value to the lives that are around you, that you, you cease and desist, that, that you, you, you come to a complete stop, that you, you stand down, that you not go forward in a naval term. You get a full stop. You just stop so that you might rearrange your words that it might honor God. Oh, you know, do what grandma say. You don't have nothing good to say. You knew my grandma, huh? Don't say nothing at all. We, we, we speak life, but not only we speak life, saints of God, we, we give life. That, 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 that God uses us to, to love because love gives life. Hate takes life. Love gives life. And you can't be a follower of a God of love who loved you so much that he gave his son to give his own life that we might be able to live and not love others. First Peter 1 says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers, and above all, somebody say above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love, here it is, covers a multitude. That I can love you through your offense. I can love you through our disagreements. I can love you because how, how can we do that? Because God, God loves us. And, and, and finally, as we, we turn the corner, if we're going to value every life, 
Not only do we speak life, not only do we give life, but we, we protect life. We protect life. Christ himself said this way. This is my command, John 15. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. And someone laid down his life for his friends. And then Christ says, you are my friends if you do, if you do what I have commanded. Y'all, I'm asking you to stand all over the building. That's our praise team to remind us in song that we are still under the lordship of Christ. I want you to be honest as you open your hearts before God right now on this Sunday, on this day. As you hear God speak to you at home, abroad, and here. 1 John 3.15 Everyone, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I invite you right now to be real with God. Bow your heads and confess your sins and repent. Turn to him. Ask him to cleanse us from the hatred and cleanse us from anything that's not like him and draw closer to him. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready? Come on, let's pray to him. Pray that he would restore relationships that were destroyed by hate. Pray that he would restore testimonies. Pray that he would use us to communicate his value for all life. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We come saying, we're sorry for how we allowed ourselves to be caught up in ungodly speech and and ungodly behavior. And as we see your word, we we need your help to to allow us, enable us to, to align with your word because we can't do it without you. Like Isaiah, when he was in your presence and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Father, touch our tongues, touch our hearts, touch our minds, touch our convictions that they align with you. That as we receive forgiveness from you, we give forgiveness to others. As we receive your grace and receive your mercies, we extend it to others that goodness and mercy shall be with us forever. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. 
At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.